All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, July 29th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be talking about Bellator 263 today, breaking down that whole card with you guys. Looking forward to it. I am going solo today. Uh, AJ's got a lot going on right now with uh, some other projects, so wasn't able to come today. And uh, I'll talk about that at the end of the show, but I think that um, the future of the podcast on Thursday, I'm, I'm not too sure about right now, just because Again, I've lost my co-host, and as much as I like doing it, I, I do have a lot going on personally right now. So um, next week, I don't think I'm going to be doing a show on Thursday, but I, I still plan on doing the show with Marcel Monday and Tuesday. But anyways, I'll talk about that later. Um, I do want to talk about this card, Bellator 263. We'll look into that, and there's some news and notes I'll talk about as well. But uh, shorter show today for sure because I am by myself. Let's pull it up here. Bellator 263. So we do have odds for, like, I think most of the fights in the card at this point and the card's decent i mean arguably one of the better bellator cards i would say maybe like well of the year for sure but arguably in a long time um certainly under scott coker and ironically you have basically scott coker's guy and aj mckee kind of come up under his watch against patricio pitbull came up under bjorn redney's watch throughout the years i can't wait to talk about this fight with you guys it's gonna be a good one to talk about but uh, we do have a bunch of other fights here i think overall 12 fights so 12 fights for this card and uh let's just get right into it pull it up here bellator 263 all right let's take a look at this card together guys we'll start with this fight here justin barry against daniel compton i believe there are odds for this one let me double check daniel barry um yeah so justin barry excuse me justin barry minus 145 daniel compton plus 125 so yeah, I mean, Justin Berry, he has no fights, right? Like, and he's a minus 145 favorite. And it just makes me wonder, like, how did they really come to this uh, realization that he should be favored like this? He's eight, he's 32 years old, and he's a minus 145 favorite. He does have one win as an amateur, but it was in 2013. He hasn't fought in eight years. This is just kind of bizarre to me that he's coming in here as a favorite. Now, the guy he's fighting is not, not anything special by any means. Daniel Copton, 3-3 three three record, but he's a big dude, 6'3". Um, he's also got a lot of experience. I mean, he's fought for some promotions like Dragon House, which is a California promotion, and then Bellator, obviously. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think that this is Dogger Pass, guys, honestly. Like, I, the guy with no fights, I, that's not a guy I would want to bet on unless it's like some, you know, superstar wrestling prospect or something, like a lot of these guys in Bellator are. But a guy who's 32 years old, who has no pro fights, who hasn't fought even amateur in eight years, I don't really see why he's favored here, to be honest with you. And yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. So I think it's Dogger Pass. But again, you know, do you have a lot of faith in this guy Compton? It's hard to say, right? I mean, he hasn't proven anything. But I just don't think the other guy with zero fights should be favored at minus one forty-five. I think it's basically a pick'em fight. So there's slight value on Compton just based on principle. Brian Moore versus Jordan Winsky. Let's look at this one here, guys. All right, Brian Moore right now and Winsky. The odds for this one: Winsky minus one twenty, Moore plus one hundred. So very close odds. Let's take a look at the slight favor here. <laughs> great nickname, Jordan. I'm gonna Winsky. That is a great nickname. Awesome nickname. Another guy, 32 years old, right? So um, not a younger guy by any means. And a lot of these guys in this card are a little bit up there in age, but they're guys that have fought for a long time and kind of deserve this spot in a major promotion, I would say. And this guy is coming off a win over Terry and Ware, which is a decent win. I mean, that was a guy who was in the UFC. He fought Sean O'Malley and a few other guys. He has lost like six straight fights, but this guy's been in competitive fights. This guy's lost six straight decisions, just brutal. So I don't think he's terrible by any means. That's a good win to have, Winsky has. Um, has some other experience against a guy like Mike Hamill, who did okay in Bellator as well, beat him by submission. And Andrew Nadevita, Kevin Nadevita's brother, the guy who's in the UFC right now. So, and he beat Andre Ewell too. 
I mean, there, there are some nice wins on this guy's resume. There's no doubt about it. He also fought Tony Kelly, lost to him. But, you know, a guy has been grinding away for – you know, look at this. He fought Sergio Pettis in his, in his amateur debut in 2009, guys. I mean, that's a guy I respect. You know, that's when I was getting into the sport in like the 2000s. And any of those guys that I'm seeing now, they're like started late, late 2000s, and like now they're starting to make a headway. I respect these guys. So I got some respect for this dude for sure. And like I said, I love his nickname. Now, Brian Moore, I'm a little bit more familiar with just because he has fought in Bellator. Um, he doesn't have a great record, but I mean, we've seen him fight in Bellator quite a few times now. He's coming off some nice wins. Bellator Europe guy for the most part. So I don't think the level of competition was great. He did fight AJ McKee and Weichel lost to them. But, I mean, there's no doubt he's fought better competition in Bellator. Um, he's also a guy who's been around for a long time. Like He fought Mike Wilkinson, another guy who was in the UFC 10 years ago. So, again, got a lot of respect for these guys. They've been grinding away and putting in the grind for a decade. That uh, That is my respect. And I think this guy's definitely got a chance. It's going to be a close fight, but I would lean towards Winsky a little bit, guys, honestly. like More to me is kind of like one of those guys that you could beat. He's just kind of like a gatekeeper type. And this guy, Winsky, I mean, he hasn't fought in a while, but now we're starting to see layoffs maybe don't matter as much as maybe we thought at first. This guy does have good experience fighting for good promotions too. And again, he has some good wins on his I mean, Ewell is a good win and so is Weir. So, and Hamill. I'm going to take Winsky here, guys. I mean, the pick price is not, it's kind of enticing. It's not bad at all. So that's a guy I would look at a little bit. Take a look at this fight, Georgie Kirikanian and Kiefer Crosby. And I think this is basically a pick Oh, well, I mean, I think it opened as a pick Yeah, it opened as a pick Never mind. I did the opening odds for Oddsbreaker. So this opened as a pick and now it's minus 255 for Georgie and plus 215 for Kiefer Crosby, which I think makes a little more sense just because, I mean, Georgie, even though he hasn't performed well, he's 36 years old. Now, he's been a little inconsistent, obviously. You look at the win-loss, win-loss. This is still a guy who's a former champ from WSOF. He's a guy who's fought everyone and everywhere. And he's got good wins. Daniel Pineda bumped the Jenkins twice. Lance Palmer. I mean, this guy has a lot of experience. Like, there's no doubt he's on the decline. Um, but this looks like a fight he could win against a guy in Kiefer Crosby, another guy from, I think, Bellator Europe, right? All these guys, they released a lot of the guys from Bellator Europe, Bellator did. But I think the guys that they're keeping are guys coming off uh, just, like, fights that well, I guess they see some potential in them. And they're going to give him another chance. So we'll see. But, I mean, expect this guy, like, a lot of these uh, European fighters to be released just because Bellator's not doing shows there anymore. I definitely think this guy's like, he's got a chance just because Kirkonian is on decline. But overall, I mean, Georgie to me, more experienced guy, more aggressive fighter. I think he should be able to win this fight at the same time though. I don't know if I would want to lay minus two fifty five on him, um, but he should win the fight. All right, let's take a look at the next one. Johnny, his sis, Narodos versus Joshua Jones, tattooed terror. I can see why Joshua Jones minus minus one eighty five. Johnny, his Narodos plus one sixty. Let's take a look at Josh Jones. 10 and 5 record here, 31 years old. Team body shop guy. So he's trained with um, AJ McKee under Antonio McKee, his dad, obviously. And the guy who's had some experience at Bellator, he's fought on, and also he fought on that Liddell Ortiz card. So one of these guys that's like a veteran of the California regional circuit, you look at some of these promotions like Kabachi, they've had, I think, I'm assuming that was a, that event was probably in, that was in California too, yeah. So a veteran of the California regional scene, and the guy, you know, Gladiator Challenge, obviously, CX, uh, CXF, another big promotion or in the regional scene there. And I have seen this fight, Christian Aguilera. I remember watching that for Aguilera's last fight. But, uh, I mean, the guy's been knocked out quite a few times. One, two, three, four. He's a chinny dude. I mean, he's been knocked out four times. And he hasn't really fought anyone, like, amazing except for, I guess, Aguilera. He's not really amazing, but at least he's in the UFC or was. He got cut recently. Um, and then he takes on Cisneros here. It's, I think this is more a fade on Cisneros. I think that's why he's, like, such a decent size underdog here. I mean, he's 41 years old and we've seen this guy fight. I've seen him fight for a long time. 
started in 2010, Gladiator Challenge, King of the Cage guy. Um, Bellator he's fought in quite a few times. And really, he's, he's one of these guys who kind of comes in just to lose. Um, he also fought in the Liddell Ortiz card, which is interesting. I remember, I remember watching that card. A lot of these guys from the California Regional scene were on it. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think this guy would have a chance in this fight. It's not like a fight I have a ton of interest in betting, but Josh Jones, I mean, I can see why he's favorite. It's more of a fade, I think, on Cisneros and being 41 years old. You guys know I can't bet on 40-year-old fighters, but I don't think Josh Jones is amazing. And the guy's four knockout losses, and um, Cisneros, you know, he, he's – uh, it doesn't really have much many knockouts, though, to be fair. So I guess they'd be fighting the right guy. He doesn't look like he's fighting some knockouts. But when you have a chin that's kind of like weak like that, a guy that isn't even a knockouts can knock you out. So Josh Jones, I can see why he's, why he's favored, but I, I don't know. I don't have a ton of confidence in the dude. Let's look at this fight. Kassan Magomed Sharapov versus Jonathan Quiroz. Now, you guys don't recognize the last name, right? So this is Zabit's brother, and he's only 20 years old. And... It's crazy. He's fighting more often than Zabit these days, which is nuts, <laughs> which is terrible. But anyways, because uh, I love Zabit watching him fight, man. He's amazing. Um, This dude's minus 1,000 and plus 650 for Quiroz. I mean, you guys can see what's happening here. Uh, there's no doubt this guy's going to win the fight. I mean, I, unless he gets injured or something during the fight, I can't see how he loses. The guy's a stud. Um, uh, The guy's – he's a stud, man. I think this was a twister, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the one submission win he had here. The guy's good. I mean, he's super young. Uh, you know, I, I understand UFC doesn't sign like really, really young prospects that are super green like this. And he's not like he's fighting good, but I think this guy could be good for Bellator if he's anything like his brother. I mean, he's definitely training with the right guy, right? He's taking on this guy, Quiros here, three and four record, 34 years old. So an older dude here coming off a, a loss to AJ, AJ Agazarum, a guy who's, I don't think he's in Bellator anymore. He's not a terrible fighter. I mean, this guy, he's not a complete bomb. I mean, he has a win over Ryan Lilly. He's not a terrible regional scene guy. He, he did have a decision loss to Kyler Phillips. That's not terrible either. So I don't think this guy's a total scrub by any means. But at the same time, there's no doubt that uh, Kassan's going to win this fight. I, I expect him to just get this guy to the ground, beat him up, probably submit him. This guy hasn't been submitted, I don't believe. Um, he was submitted as an amateur. So I guess that could happen here. But I mean, like I said, I don't think the guy's a total scrub. He maybe can make a decision just because he looks to be pretty durable if you look at it like he was fought and mostly has gone the distance. But again, I think this fight's going to end up on the ground and uh, Kassan should shine down there, man. So minus a thousand is heavy, but he's going to win the fight. What's him inside the distance? Minus 185 inside the distance. So I feel I feel like that's probably the way this fight's going to go. Um, let's go to the next one here. You got Gadzi Rabadanov versus Daniel Carey. Daniel Scary Carey. I like that nickname. That's a good one too. Um, let's look for the odds for this one. Uh, Rabadanov, minus 670. Daniel Carey plus 45. So let's take a look at this guy. Gazi Rabadanov, 15-4-2 record. Um, he's coming off a win in the EFC promotion. E, yeah, I, but I think it's the yeah, Eagles Fighting Championship. Okay. All right. So that's Khabib's promotion. He's from there. Um, obviously, a lot of Khabib's guys are in Bellator now and the UFC, obviously. I mean, this guy, he has a decent amount of experience. He's fought for some promotions like Fight Nights Global and uh, some other promotions. Like, he does have a win over Steven Siler in PFL as well. I do remember that fight. Okay, so... Somewhat familiar with this guy. Um, obviously, quite a bit of experience. I don't think the record's amazing, but that's a good win, too. Loic Radzibov as an amateur by submission. He also has a win over Ludovic Klein as an amateur by submission. That's interesting. Not by submission, sorry. just has a win over him, but that's that's interesting. That guy's pretty good. Daniel Carey here. I mean, the guy, <laughs> fear no evil. That's that's not, that's an all-time bad tattoo right there. That is, that's bad. That's like the damage or something, guys. Um, seven and four record. I mean, we've, we've seen this guy. He's basically brought in to lose, but he did beat this Gaston Delinos guy as a big underdog. He's plus 700. I remember this fight. So he does have 
submissions, as we saw in that fight. And he, most of his wins are by sub or by by knockout, but a lot of subs. Has experience fighting for Belter, has fought LFA. I don't think this guy's a total scrub either. It, it seems like actually on this card, Belter's fighting guys are at least decently durable. They're not just bums that are just going to get knocked out or submitted right away. Um, so I would say this guy's pretty durable and maybe he can survive a little bit, but I mean, he has been knocked out through his last three fights. Sure seems like Belter has got uh, this guy in the, the right path to victory here. So I expect Rabbit Anaf to win. Uh, minus 670 is a heavy price to pay. But he should win the fight, no doubt about it. All right, this one's interesting. Vanessa Porto, Ilara, Joanne. This fight was supposed to happen like last month, and it got scrapped at the last minute. Something happened to Porto at the win, like the commission just didn't want her to let her fight. No idea why, but uh, I think it was a weight cut thing. Anyways, um, she's fighting now. She's minus two eighty favorite, and her opponent here at plus two forty. So let's take a look at Porto and. You know, she did fight recently. Um, she fought Liz Carmouche a few months ago, and she lost that fight. That's a tough matchup, though. Liz Carmouche is very good. And this girl has tons of experience. She has good wins. Roxanne Mataferi, Pearl Gonzalez. Um, so, you know, she's fought everyone. I mean, Jennifer Maya. She has good wins. Like, Jermaine Durand in me, 2008. I, and she's fought everyone, even in losses. Like, she fought Cyborg in 2005. That's actually a fun fight to watch. If you guys never seen that one, Vanessa Porto versus uh, Cyborg is actually kind of a fun fight. So I'd look for that one. Um, I have a lot of respect for this girl. I mean, she also fought Amanda Nunez, man. I mean, she's fought everyone. Like, it, it, this is on the regional scene, guys. Jermaine Durand in the regional scene. That's insane to me. It's insane. So tons of respect for this woman. The problem is she's 37 years old and finally is in a major promotion. I, I, I don't know why the UFC and Bellator didn't pick her up over the last couple of years. Why did they wait till she was, you know, in the end of her career? And she hasn't fought in two years. She missed from 35 to 37, didn't fight. Like, I'm not sure if she had a family during that time or if it's just COVID because not many events last year, but that sucks. Either way, I mean, she's still decent. And I know she lost to Carmouche, but that's a hard fight. Now, Alara Joanne, 9 and 5 here record. She's a lot younger, 27. She's a Pitbull Brothers fighter. So obviously, her, her coaches and teammates will be on this card. Um, she is coming off a loss to, uh, by knockout to Kata Wadanabe. She does have that win over Beck Rollins, which is nice. I think she was a dog there. Yeah, she was a small underdog in that fight. I remember that one because I was like, how is Beck Rollins a favorite in this fight? Like, she's not that great. Um, I mean, the girl's been finished quite a few times, though, which is definitely concerning. Um, a couple times by knockout as well. Fighting someone as experienced as Vanessa Porto. I mean, I think Porto definitely is the rightful favorite here. Um, I, I wish she was a little bit younger, guys. Like, I think she's a good fighter that unfortunately just made it to the UFC too late. Because again, you look at her career, and it's so sad that some of these women have to go through so many years on the regional scene before they get to the big shows. Whereas, like, back at then anyways, because now you see girls come to the UFC or a contender series, they have like one fight and they're in contender series or UFC already. This girl had to fight 30 times before she got a chance in, in Bellator UFC. That is crazy to me. So... I think Porter's going to come here and get the job done. I expect her to win the fight. All right, Chris Gonzalez against Goiti Yamauchi. This is a good one, too. Uh, right now, we have Yamauchi minus 165, Gonzalez plus 145. So, now, I remember the last fight with Yamauchi, and I was confident he was going to win that fight against Dan Moret, and he lost. And it just, that was that was one of those ones that just makes you scratch your head sometimes, just like random kind of fights. And Moret, obviously, is a little bit underrated, I, I would say, and guy with experience, too. And it was a close fight. He could have, Yamauchi could have won the fight, but... Still made me wonder, like, you know, is this guy as good as I thought he was? Because I thought he was actually a really good fighter, just below that elite tier, but like, like just below the Chandlers and Pitbulls of Bellator, and Chandler's not there now. But I thought he was just below that level because he had the win over Weichel. He beat Darren Crookshank, beat Sadawad. Like, these are decent wins for Bellator. But you did see some issues with the uh, the, the grappling, I think, against Moret, which is definitely a sign to look for going forward. Now, is this the fight to fade him? I'm not sure. Gonzalez is coming off. Um, a nice win over Roger Huerta in his last fight, and I really liked him in that spot. I remember talking about this fight with AJ, and 
Minus 275 was a, a good line in that spot. Just basically to fade Roger Huerta, who tapped out the strikes in the third round. Um, this guy's undefeated. He's a pretty good prospect, I think. I just want to see a little bit more of him. But I do like the camp team, Alpha Male. I think there's a lot to like about Chris Gonzalez. So, I don't know. I think this is. A, I think it's dog or pass guys based on your Mounties last fight because I do think he's a little bit on a decline. But, again, he's only 20 years old. Maybe just a bad performance. I don't want to completely write him off. But Gonzalez, this guy, did really impress me in the last fight. He does have a couple good wins in his resume. He's looked good. So I think he can get it done here. I'll, I'll, I'll take Chris Gonzalez, wins the fight. But it's it's going to be a, definitely a good one. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let's go to the next fight here, guys. Uh, Islam Mamadov versus Brent Primus. Now, it's funny because best fight odds earlier this week, they came out with the odds for this. And it said Brent Primus versus Islam uh, uh, Makachev. And I'm like, what? I'm like, when did, is there another Islam Makachev belter right now? Is this... It's just a different guy. So Islam Mamadov right now, he is a slightly favored minus 210, plus 175 or Brent Primus, the former champion in Bellator. So let's take a look at Mamadov here, 19-1-1, 31 years old. And the guy, I mean, I remember him from uh, PFL. I'm sure a lot of you guys do. He had some good wins there. I mean, in WSOF too, he fought Nathan Schulte, beat him. Thiago Tavares, former UFC fighter. I mean, these are good wins. They're definitely solid wins. The guy's good on the ground. There's no doubt about it. Most of his wins are by stoppage on the ground. He's a good fighter. Um, and he's coming off at UAE Warriors, which is a good promotion. And I'm kind of surprised the UFC didn't sign him, to be honest with you. Um, but I think this is a good sign for Bellator, and this guy is quite good. And I can see why his favorite over Primus, even though Primus is a former champ. Now, I, I like Brett Primus, and I think he's underrated. But the thing is, like, this guy doesn't fight much anymore. He fights basically once a year. And, you know, he's a guy that I, I bet on quite a few times coming up this team. He's always an underdog. Didn't think he'd beat Chandler, but it was kind of a freak injury. Um, but the thing is, the guy just doesn't fight that often. And he's 36, which is just like making me scratch my head. Like, how did this guy become 36 overnight? It's kind of crazy. I think Mavidov probably wins this fight, guys, honestly. I think he probably gets this guy down and, and grinds him out. So I, I, I can see why the odds are that way. Even though I think Primus is underrated in general, I just think this looks like a tough matchup for him, man. It really does. I know Primus has been pretty outspoken about Bellator and the matchmaking stuff and complaining a lot in the, in the media about not getting fights. And maybe they're just like, all right, here's a fight for you. And they gave him the hardest guy they could find. Guy looks like a really tough fighter, man. This looks like a tough fight for this dude. Usman Nurmagomedov against Manny Murrow. This is the next fight here. And right now, Usman is uh, minus 1275, plus 825 for uh, Murrow. And, yeah, I mean, Usman's amazing. I mean, there's no doubt about it. 12-0, and 0, and the guy's good, 23 years old. Now, I don't think he looked incredible against Mike Campbell. It was his Belter debut. Um, Mike Campbell's a little bit underrated, too. But, you know, it was a fight that was more competitive than I thought it would be. But at the same time, though, you know, the guy definitely has a lot of potential, and he's only 23, and he's got Khabib in his corner. He's going to do well in the sport. Um, Murrow is a guy that, in his last fight, it was a guy I said, the last couple of fights, I remember Nick Newell, he was a big underdog, and I said, this is Dogger Pass. And even the last fight, it's Devin Powell, a guy who's not that good, who was in UFC and did not succeed in the UFC, big underdog. So this is a guy who's not getting a lot of respect um, from the odds makers and from the betting public, and he's been winning a couple of fights. Um, kind of like, a, this guy's like a gatekeeper, I would say, of like the regional scene almost. I think he's very tough. He has been finished a few times, but I think I think he is a pretty tough dude. And I think that Usman's going to have um, – I wouldn't say issues with him because I think Usman dominates the fight, but I don't know if he puts him away just because I think this dude's pretty tough. So either way, I expect Usman to win. I think he'll use his wrestling in this fight. We saw his striking last time out. I think we'll see the wrestling here. But the odds make it, like, basically impossible to bet unless you're going to bet on, like, a prop or something because – Minus 1275, I mean, it's just not good odds. Do you think the fight finishes inside the distance? Maybe that's the way to go. Um, Usman inside the distance, minus 185. I don't know. I mean, by decision, plus 205. I, I, I don't know. This guy, this guy Murrow, is a little bit underrated, guys. Maybe he can 
just maybe just defensively, uh, basically not get finished for three rounds. It's possible. All right, let's go to the next fight, co-main event. This is one of the best fights in the card besides the co-main event, obviously, the main event, excuse me, but the co-main event's awesome. Mads Burnell and Manuel Sanchez, love this fight. Mads Burnell, minus 135, Emmanuel Sanchez, plus 115. And uh, the odds flipped because Emmanuel Sanchez opened as the favorite and Burnell opened as a small underdog. So, talk about Burnell. I mean, I, I love this guy. And I don't know why the UFC let him go, guys. I don't get it. I mean, the guy had, he had a win over Santiago, lost to Pajeris. I mean, there's no shame. That guy's a good grappler. He lost to Allen. He was dominating that whole fight and then lost in the third round. They, for some reason, they released him. And since then, he won six straight fights. Now, I understand Dana White and the UFC don't necessarily like grappling-based fighters, but this guy finishes people, and he's nasty with his finishes, like Japanese neckties. Go and watch those fights. They're on YouTube or on Fight Pass. Um, I can't remember which one, but they're nasty. They're good finishes, guys. Like, this guy is a good grappler. He's a very good fighter, and he's only 27. Again, I don't know why the UFC caught him. I think that they made a mistake. I think this guy's good. I think he beats a lot of guys in this division. Taking on Emmanuel Sanchez here, a uh, guy who's very good as well. Obviously, 25 record, 30 years old, super experienced. Coming off a loss to Pitbull. I would say, was, I'm not surprised he lost that fight, but I'm surprised he lost it so quickly, I would say, getting submitted like that. I mean, Patricio Pitbull's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but that surprised me how he got finished there. Is he on a decline? I'm not so sure. I think he just fought an amazing fighter. Before that, he looked really good. Um, I, I like the guy, but to be honest with you, I, I like Burnell even more. So I'm going to take Mads Burnell here, guys. I, I think he edges it out, too. And I see that Pavlo, hey, Pavlo, you're in the comments. He thinks Burnell wins, too. I think so, too. And I think the people that got the early plus money, I think that was a good bet, personally. But um, we'll see. I mean, it should be a great fight, though. I, I think it's going to be an awesome one, Pavlo. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Can't wait to talk about this one, guys. Main event of the evening, Patricio Pitbull, AJ McKee. I mean, this fight is amazing. Uh, I would say it's the best fight of the weekend. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like Sean Strickland and Uriah Hall. But this fight's amazing. And I think that... I, I talked about this to Marcel. I feel like the UFC didn't stack the deck with their card this weekend, knowing that they're going head to end against a, a good Bellator card, maybe, that it's going to be on the same time as them. So got this comment from Pavel. He said, Featherweight might be the best division in the world. Like, literally all the best promotions, best promotion, uh, best divisions, Featherweight. I think it's up there for sure, Pavlo. I think, like, in general, Featherweight, Lightweight, Welterweight, because I think most people, most men weigh the, in, the, in those weight ranges, right? So you, you do get more fighters available and more talent. But I think Featherweight's amazing too. And I, I, the fact that a guy like Burnell and, and is not even like really talked about, like the guy's really good, man. He's a great grappler. Um, and PFL, the, yeah, they, they, PFL is great too. I mean, it's, it's definitely good promotion, man. All right, let's talk about this fight here. So odds, pick them. It's a pick them, guys. Actually, I've seen some books have McKee as a favorite now, but most of them have, uh, it's like minus 120, plus 100, minus 115, minus 105. Like it's like that. So it's very close. It's, I'm going to say it's a pick them fight. This is a tough fight to call, guys. I mean, obviously, I mean, you look at the odds, but this is a tough fight to call. And I love both these guys. I absolutely love them both. I mean, I've loved them both for a long time. I and mean, I've made a lot of money on these guys over the years. I mean, I have a lot of respect for both men. Trisha Pitbull is a guy I've loved forever. I mean, the guy's been around for so long. Um, and he's been so good for so long, you know? It's just impressive, man. Fighting since 2004, tons of wins. And then ever since he came to Bellator, I mean, this first fight against Will Romero, Canadian guy. I remember he beat this dude. And ever since then, I remember watching him, and I thought this guy was special. Even this fight against Joe Warren, he should have won. He should have won this fight against Pat Curran, too. <laughs> Man, I've I, I watched this guy for so long. i watched every single fight he's ever had in Bellator, and the guy's an absolute stud. Um, this was a surprising one. I mean, Strauss really out-wrestled him in that fight. I think he beat Strauss three times, and Strauss beat him once. And it was just like a pure wrestling by Strauss. Um, the Benson Anderson injury thing. But, I mean, look at the guy who he's done lately. Uh, unbelievable, right? Seven straight wins. 
finishing guys like Michael Chandler, unbelievable knockout, you know, finishing Pedro Cavario, finishing uh, Emmanuel Sanchez, the guy, he's amazing. And he wants us a million dollars, right? Really bad. And it's just, I find it hard to bet against Patricio Pitbull guys. That's the problem I have here because I can't, like Marcel picked AJ and I, I it's tough, right? Like, cause McKee's amazing. It's an upside play that Marcel's making, and I totally understand it. And I'm still thinking, I'm still going back and forth on this one. You know, guys, like, this guy is amazing. He's only 26 years old. He's 17 and zero. I've watched him grow in Bellator over the last six years. It's been amazing to watch. And he's so dynamic and good everywhere, which makes him such a tough fight. Like, he's like the new breed of MMA fighters. He's good everywhere. And I had some doubts about him, I got to be honest, like, against, like, Caldwell and stuff. But, you know... Man, he's really just proved me wrong. If I ever had a doubt on him, for the most part, I'd pick this guy to win all his fights. So it's two guys I pick every fight to win. How do I pick against them? It's so hard, guys. Um, it's tough. It's tough. This is a really, really tough fight to call. Normally, I do pick the upside and go with the with the um, the younger guy. So it's tough because I love McKee, but at the same time, I do think Pitbull is still at the prime of his career, guys. And He's just so much proven and so experienced that seeing him as an underdog is kind of weird to me, you know? I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> this tough one, guys. Like, I like to hear what you guys have to say. Like, I honestly, I'm going back and forth, but I, I think ultimately I would, I think it would be, I think I would have to lean slightly, slightly towards Pitbull. It's like a 51-49% chance. Like, I think it's that close. I really do. Don't see a value either way. I just want to watch this fight as a fan. It could be an interesting fight. It could be a competitive fight that could go to five rounds in a split decision, or it could be a finish either way. And maybe, you know, uh, Pitbull gets smoked and, you know, this is just the decline. You start to see it now. Or maybe he proves that experience matters and championship medal matters. And, you know, McKee, I don't believe has gone the distance, right? Which is kind of something if this fight does get prolonged. Uh, has he gone five rounds before? I don't think so, right? So that does make it a little more interesting. I don't know, guys. I'm, I, I would say my slightest lean towards Pitbull, but. It's not like I'm I'm running to the window to bet on him, even though it's it's uh it's even even money basically. Master says draw. I mean it could be, I guess. 10 8 round in the first round for uh McKee. Then you got you know a couple 10 9s and a couple 10 or three 10 9s from uh from Pitbull. Pavel says you're going to Pitbull. There you go. When two guys meet close 50-50 fight, usually goes to the younger guy. I know that's the thing. That's what the problem I have with this one is Pavel, because when they're these fights are this close, man, and you have to remember, like, and you guys know this, but at this level of the sport, these guys are so good. And, like, they're just so good everywhere. They're so skilled everywhere that you have to, like, look for the smallest, tiniest edges to pick these fights. And for me, the real, the only edge, like, really, because I think it's so close, is the experience in championship fights and everything. So we'll see. I mean, this is something interesting, too. He's saying about the hunger and motivation. I agree. The Elima versus Amistad, I agree. But I will say this. Lima didn't, uh, I mean, there's a million dollars on the line in this fight, right? Like, Lima did have a million when he fought uh, Rory, and, and I think he won, right? So, I think that mo the money's a big motivation for these guys. I mean, Patricio Pitbull, I mean, AJ McKee, I'm not saying he grew up, you know, rich or anything like that, but his dad was a professional uh, athlete who fought, fought in the UFC. So, it's not like, you know, you, you know, like Pitbull who grew up in, in Brazil and has had to work his whole life basically basically from the, from the village to come to America and create a life for himself. You know, this is a guy who's did everything uh, right in his career, and I love the guy. It's just hard because I love AG McKee too. So it's it's so difficult, guys. Younger guys hungry and proved to be a new star could be. It could be Pavlo. I think it's just I think it's such an amazing fight. And I got to be honest, guys. I love when like I have such a hard time picking a fight because 
it just shows that the matchmaking is so great. And obviously, they didn't make this match. It was just the fight that came together because of the way the tournament structured. But it's an amazing fight. And I cannot wait for this one. It's going to be a great fight. Um, I do look at the one thing I do look at is the size, though. I mean, that's something to keep to point out. Definitely. I mean, AJ McKee is a bigger, taller guy. But when does that stop Pitbull? When does that stop Pitbull? I mean, he's knocked out bigger guys before, right? So he's beat bigger guys. And you're right, uh, Pavel. He's made some money. I don't think he's. I don't think he's made millions, though, man. I, I don't know about that. I mean, he's been fighting in Bellator, not in UFC. I mean, he's probably made good money, though. You're right. Um, anyone else want to talk about any of the other fights on the card? I think that's that's it for this card. Um, I'll do a few. I'll do a little bit of news, but I'm gonna get out of here in a few minutes and I'm talk about the future of the Thursday show. I know you're gonna be upset by this, Pavel, because this kind of sucks. But um, basically, like AJ is not able to do it with me anymore, and. Marcel obviously does it with Monday, Tuesday. It'd be hard for me to ask Marcel to do a third day with me. So I don't, I, I, I just can't do that. Um, and uh, Cole obviously is busy too. So the thing that I, that I, that I struggle with is like, I, as much as I enjoy doing it on Thursday, I, I, you know, at this point it's, uh, I think it might be best just to take a, a break from the Thursday show for a while guys, which sucks because I really don't want to do it. But um, I just think that with AJ leaving the show, it just leaves me solo I have a kid coming any day now, so I have a lot going on. I think I'll just stick with Monday and Tuesday for now, so we'll see what happens. But I, I, Pavlo, I just want to say, man, I appreciate you joining us for all the Bellator chats the last few months and everyone else who was in here. I appreciate it, guys. It was a lot of fun. I'll talk a little bit about news before we get out of here, but it does suck, though. I mean, I, I was looking – I enjoyed – I truly enjoyed doing the show every Thursday with AJ, but he's got a lot going on right now. I totally understand. It's cool. Pavlo says Bellator guys make more per show than some of you guys. Uh, yeah, that's true. I agree with that. How much does he make per show for Pichicho Pitbull? I'll try to look for the salary quickly, Pablo, but I don't know because I don't know if Bellator diverges that stuff. Let me take a look here. I know that he's fought in a few states that had – okay, so one of his fights he took on flat 200000 So, yeah, he's been making good money. You're right. You're right. You're no, no doubt. And you're right. AJ Key's hungry. He's, he's a guy that hasn't making a lot at all. So maybe my point there wasn't even right. Um, but either way, anyways, let's talk about a little bit about news and I'll get out of here. Man, New Year's, Julian Pena, that fight's been scratched. It sucks. Uh, it's supposed to happen next week. It's not happening. Uh, Nunes is COVID. It's happening, I think, in December now. So he pushed it back three or four months. It sucks. Um, not good. Not good. Uh, what else? Chris Dawkins is pissed that Shamil Abdurrahimov keeps withdrawing from his fights. That does suck. Aspen Lad, Shayson, that's been rescheduled um, for UFC. Uh, uh, Johnny Walker and Thiago Santos, that's in, I think, October. So, yeah, I think that, that that fight's been rescheduled for then. I was kind of hoping they would book Aspen Lad against someone else, guys. Apparently, Misha Tate didn't want to have the fight. So that's what I read. I don't know why she turned on the fight. I guess she's convinced that, you know, she can get a title shot or something. I'm not sure. I think that would have been a good fight for Misha to, to win. If she had beaten Aspen Lad, I think she can get a title shot. The other fight was this one. I, this one makes me scratch my head a bit, but Holly Holmes fighting Normal Dumont. Kind of a weird fight. I thought they would do – if they were not going to do Misha versus um, Aspen Ladd, I think Misha versus, Hall, versus uh, Holly Holm would have made sense. I'm a little surprised they did the, uh, the Norman Dumont fight. Um, September 4th event, that's been moved from uh, London back to Vegas, just in case anyone was wondering. So I, I felt like it was a little bit too soon for the UFC to start doing those international events. It was kind of, kind of strange. Anyways, I think that's going to be it for today, guys. Appreciate everyone tuning in on Tuesdays, the last couple of months, guys, or excuse me, Thursdays, but that's, that's going to be it for the next little while, guys, on Thursday afternoon. So back on Monday afternoon, still going to be Monday and Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern with Marcel. I should be here Monday unless, you know, my daughter's born, hopefully. I mean, I'm waiting five days for it now, so it's kind of stressful. 
Um, hope you guys have a great weekend. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin, uh, podcast, MMAoddsbreaker.com. It's on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all those places, uh, BJPen.com, MiamiNews.com, Fanatics, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. I'll have my article for DFS out tomorrow on my bets. I think I have like four or five bets for this card. Um, there's 13 fights left. Oh, and there's one other thing I forgot to mention. I don't know if we talked about the Jared Gooden Stolte fight, but I would lean a little bit towards Stolte in that fight. I, I think Gooden coming in a short notice. That's a, he's fighting a decent guy, and Stolte's not too bad. I thought he had a chance to beat Lizette, so I think he probably wins this fight. Have a great day, guys. Thanks again for everyone who tuned on Thursdays, but uh, that's the last one for a while. Peace out, guys.